0: Alrighty, Hever, thank you so, so much for joining. Bezer Hashem, we're going to jump right into it and get started with our Shir and Sicha Saramasiyat Rishmaya. Just finishing to set things up here. And we are going to begin. Bezer Hashem. Okay. Ah, sharing over here. Give me one second. It's a little bit of a different setup. Okay. One more minute. There you go. Okay, Siha Saran Lamed Aleph. We're gonna do Lamed Aleph as a short Sicha, and then Rashem we're going to get into the um, we're gonna get into Lamed Bays really, which is very long. It's very long. So here you'll see it says just 32, or I'm sorry, 32a, where we're just gonna learn the very beginning of Siha Saran Lamed Bays. And we're going to see a lengthier piece in Lukut Lachas to explain, to expound upon what the Rebbe presents just in this first part of Sikha Sra'an Lamed Bays. Again, Lamed Bez is a very long Sicha. We'll cover it, Bez Rashem Hashem, over the next couple of weeks. But let's begin first with Lamed Aleph, which is a very short Sicha. And the Heidegger Rebbe says as follows. Lamed Aleph says the Tzadik, On an ideal day, in ideal circumstances, if a person could choose, which is most of the days, unless something's going on. Unless something's going on, but most of the days a person is able to go ahead and to choose to daven as early as possible. Because in accordance with the great Maila and the great awesomeness of the ability to daven, the ability, it's a gift, the ability to speak and to communicate with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that it's so precious that it's so entirely precious. Why would we want to push something like that off? Imagine if we had an incredible opportunity, once in a lifetime opportunity, which essentially it is because all our lives is just the day, Hayom, right? Like Rebbe Nachman teaches elsewhere, all a Jew ever has is really Hayom, is really today. So it's essentially the opportunity of a lifetime to be able to daven shacharis, to be able to speak to the master of the world, Rebbe Nachman says in another place that when a person davens, it's as if, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sets aside all of whatever else he's busy with and focuses just on that person alone, specifically on that person. Says the tzaddik, he says, if we don't daven as early as possible, who knows what else can come up? Who knows what else might happen? Who knows what else is going to distract us, require our attention, so on and so forth. And therefore, it's best to grab the opportunity as early as we possibly can in the morning and to go ahead and to daven. So this is what he says. Who knows if afterwards a person is going to be able to go ahead and to daven properly. I'll came there for Mashi she yuchal. ro'yloy to daven early. Ulahaktim Yeah, Ulahaktim. Yeah, I think that's a mistake. Ula and just to go ahead and to Davin as early as possible, by Breslover tzaddikim, vasikin was always something that the Breslovers would endeavor to to do. The Breslovers would always try as much as they could to Davin vasikin. And my father himself started one of the first vasikin minyanim in the tri-state area. Most of the other vasikin minyanim that exist are all breakoffs, are branched off from that original in the Aguda of Farakwe. Of, of, of and so this is what the breast-livered can try to do, to daven as early as possible, to get up early, not to get up late, to try to schedule our schedule so that davening is the very first thing that we do. And it is as early as possible so we can make sure that our day is starting fresh, right from the start, on the right foot. Over here, the Balshema Shema Kadosh and Savah Harivash, Ois Yed says the following, He says to go ahead and to daven, ideally also abreast of a breast level ideal. Of course, it's difficult when a person has actual life circumstances that may prevent this, but at least it should be on our consciousness, such a thing. At least that it should be on our minds. Like, oh, this is something that a Jew should do. Chatzos Lila. To get up, Chatzos. Or to set aside that time period if a person is up, for but he says the Baal Kaddish, and this is more relevant to the piece that we're learning, at least to go ahead, you zahir, a person should be careful. That a person should be davening early on, before nates. Which is exactly what they do today. Most Minyan Davin's Kriya Shema very, very close to the Nates, and then right afterwards, they're Davin'ing Shema and that way their tefillah is with the Nates HaChama as the sun is rising. And the Baal Shema Kaddish is quoted here as having said, of course, he didn't write this, but he's quoted as having said that the Chilik Vahachilik, the distinction between those that Davin before the Nates and after is is as different as east from west there's something very very special about davening shachers with and be here is where the rabbi is coming from is that the vashem said afterwards it's possible for our davening to get pushed off distracted who knows what might happen but a person davens early it's quiet it's still the world is sleeping and we're going ahead and getting up at that time so we could have lucidity and clarity of mind and, of course, a person with everything has to cheshven out. Okay, how is that going to affect my day later on? Right, if all we do is vasika and then we're falling asleep the rest of the day, so it's going to prevent avodas later and a person has to make a shikaladas. Is it worth it? Is it, you know, at this stage in life? And so on and so forth. But, Be'ez HaShem, we have long lives, till 120, we should all live long and happy, and we will. And we're going to be able to focus on different avodas as we go through them. But the main thing is to be conscious that it exists such an ideal, chatzois, Pasik and Vesi and the Bashama Shem says over here that the siman is vuhu kechasan Khasan mchu pasay yos is kegibar laretz ayirach the ain nister michamasay. So the Pasik and Tihlim says that there's nobody who can hide, so to speak, michamasay from a Kadosh Baruch Hu's wrath, from a Kadosh Baruch Hu's anger and frustration in a certain sense. So he says, Al took a michamasai, Ella mechemasai. Kalomar. Misha kvar hashemesh yata al haaret. az ein nister me had dinim haboimimalache, mimalache chemo. A nister mechamasai. So he says, okay, your gazal or darjani, Al took a michamasai, Ella mechemasai. Because when the Shemesh, which is called the Chama, is yatsala la'aretz, begins to rise, as a mister mehadinim, then it's very difficult to hide away from the dinim habayim from those angels that are angels of wrath, and already with the rising of the sun, there's light, everyone can see, and who else can see the angels? Our damaging angels can also see. But before the chama rises, then yesh nister mi say right? Because there's no chama yet. And therefore it's possible to get our tefillah in while it's still dark, while it's still early, while the sun is rising and it's, and it's quiet, even on a pragmatic, you know, basic level, it's quiet and we're able to devote time and, uh, and, and our day and the hustle and bustle of responsibility and, and worry. nothing started yet, there's nothing to do. So we go ahead and we can dive in with a clear mind. Al-Kain, therefore, Let this matter not be a small matter, he says. Al, I'm sorry, I'm just admitting some chevr that joined. Al Tikri says, let this not be something that's small. It is a very, very great and important thing. And the Balshema Kodesh was very, very particular about this. It's interesting because we learned last week from Rabbeinu, from the Rebbe, that the Rebbe said that those tzaddikim that push off. The zman tefillah, for whatever reason, whatever and, and, and intentions they have, Rabbi Nachman felt that it was a mistake that they were making. And over here, you know, you have to know that Rabbi Nachman's whole Indian, and he expressed this in multiple ways at multiple at, at different times, various times, was to bring Hasidus back to what it had been two generations earlier with the advent of the Shem Tov's revelation. And Rabbi Nachman felt that since that time, things sort of started already becoming institutionalized, and the Rebbe felt already that there was this Indian, which was a, a negative thing, where some of that spark and some of that fire began to grow dim. This was what Rabbi Nachman had felt. And therefore, this could be another uh, sort of element where Ibn Nachman is trying to bring Hasidus back to what it was with the Baal Shem Tov. Don't tell me that you know the tzaddikim are pushing of the 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. The Baal Shem Tov himself was medaktik on masikin. And so Rebbe Nachman was very strong that the tzaddikim that are davening too late, he says they're making a mistake. Al-Kain, and therefore it says here, it finishes the piece, Al-Yehebe'inech adavazakatan ki kigadalhu. It's not a small thing, it's a very big thing. A Baal Tov zal ha-yeh al Tov was very middaktek on this. A Baal Shem Tov was very middaktek on But a Baal Tov, this vasikin was even more important than to daven with a minion. And you find by people who daven vasikin like this, I'm not sure. It could be the it could be the mission of even brings down a day like this. I don't remember right now, but certainly by those that are very you know committed to Daven Vasikin, this will trump that, right? And the Daven Vasik the Daven Shachris by themselves, and then join them in later on because this minyan Vasikin is something that's very very precious. Like the Baal Shem Tov says, it's as distant the dis, the difference is as, di, as 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 distant from Mizrach to Marif. So that's an interesting thing. And sometimes you know people when when we learn about and we learn about hasagas, and, you know, different things that are like very lofty, we think like it's, it's like a zero-sum game, like it's all or nothing. It's like, wait a second, you can have masik once a month. You know, maybe, like, you know, something like that, some consciousness where it doesn't have to be, you know, forever, every single day, a commitment, but at least to know that it's on our radar, right? That there's a different, there, there, there's a sort of a different mahalach to the Yiddishkeit, or to Yiddishkeit, than the one that we ordinarily feel exists, Right? And so it's beautiful to sometimes go out of our comfort zone a little bit and to begin to explore different avenues, even if it's something that we can't commit to every single day and every person's circumstances are different. We already said a person has to really make a calculation how it's going to affect and impact the holistic nature of our sanity and of our certainly. Because that's what it's all about, but at least, you know maybe again, once a week, once a month, Shabbos, and so on, that's something to consider. It's a very beautiful time, a very precious time, a very quiet time, and just the birds are starting to chirp. and it's, it's a very precious time that time, very quiet. And here the second source in this piece, now we'll move on to the bulk of this year in Sikhran Lamed base. Ramanasan is writing to his son Yitzchak, as most of Alam Lutrufa's letters to his son Yitzchak, and he says over here, says the Hiliger says the and Schusser going to lean you already know. Our incredible yearning and desire, meaning the desire of the breast of our chasidim, to daven in the morning hashkama. It's also called hashkama basikin hashkama as early as possible. His, hari, his hiranu, who's a chana of the rachel? like Nachman warned us. Rabbi compelled us to daven early and he quotes this piece from Nabani. and he says please my child please accustom yourself to this if you're going to be able to accustom yourself to daven every morning in this way to wake up early and it's difficult and it's hard and it requires going to sleep early and planning and so on and so forth different stages of life enable a person to adapt different avodas. sometimes just not possible sometimes it is possible and a person has to make for themselves. Another reason, when a person, we alluded to this, when a person davins early in the morning, when other people are still rolling out of bed doing Negevassar, it's like you're already finished. You're already, you're already ready to devote that period of time to Avodah and to learning, and your day is longer. And so you can spend more time engaged in Avodah Hashem fortunate are we on every word that we resolve it to be from Rebbe Nachman the Rebbe Nachman the Rebbe Nachman who you say even if Rabbi Nachman only came to the world to reveal this one thing and to compel us to do this one thing we don't know what kind of cosmic shift that might have and all other elements are Rebbe Hashem. it's just one piece of advice but to really implement it if we can again a person has to make a cheshbin if we can, can, on whatever level we can. Again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, but on whatever level we can implement it, if it's even once a week or once a month or whatever it is, we don't have any way of knowing what kind of impact that might be able to have on the holistic nature of our Vodah Hashem with all of the other elements that go into a healthy service of God. And so here let's jump into Lamad again, it's a very lengthy all the pieces are connected, it's all on Emunah and it speaks about some of the elements that we've already addressed, primarily in Sikha He. And so we already are familiar with some of these concepts, and we'll review them quickly as we go along. But I wanted tonight, and I might be a little bit of a shorter She'er as well, but I wanted to focus just on this and one source from Reb Nassin. It's a lengthy source. It's a very beautiful idea, very, very beautiful and important idea, and a prevalent idea as we move into Rosh Hashanah. So the Halachic says like this. He says a person needs to fortify himself with Emuna, and not to enter into any kind of philosophical speculation. And we spoke about this when we spoke about the distinction between the Hasidic masters, their approach to Emuna, and that of you know the rationalist philosophers, the Rambam and Rvsad Goin and others. And the distinction as we laid it out was what HaKadosh Baruch Hu means to us and the way in which we're able to perceive Hashem as quote-unquote needing us, as being in an emotional relationship with us, as being an emotive being instead of just a concept, right? Even if we believe in the same God, but the question is how does our understanding of that being impact the nature of our relationship with Him or the possibility that underlies or that defines the parameters of that relationship. And so Ibn Nachman was very strong, he did not want a person to build his Hemunah off of philosophical speculation for fear, mostly, and there are other elements as well, and we're going to see that there are many pieces around on the topic, but for fear of our Avar HaShem becoming the service of a God who exists primarily as an idea, as opposed to a conscious being, who is in? Who is beckoning us into a relationship with Him each and every moment? And the difference between viewing Torah and mitzvahs as something that was given to us for us, like the Rambam's Tamei Mitzvahs, more or less, are you know why these things are useful for us as human beings, as Jews. But Hasidus flips it around because it sees Hakadosh Baruch Hu as quote unquote needing us more than we need Him. We see. Our Avodah Hashem is a mission on the part of Kaddish Baruch Hu. Not our own rectification, of course that's part of the process, but to create a place for Him below in a way that He couldn't do on His own. Whatever that means, for whatever reason, however we're going to explain that. And therefore the mitzvahs are more for Him than for us. And this lends a completely different flavor to our Avodah Hashem. And this is the way of the Mikubalim. This is the system of Kabbalah. This is the Tameh HaMitzvah of the Mikubalim, where every single time that a person is lighting Shabbos near us, putting on tefillin, sitsis, uh, yamim Toivim, chagim, davening, whatever it is, learning on whatever, or whatever level, it's all about what this is rectifying in the spiritual worlds, you know? And what we're doing cosmically as opposed to what this is doing for me as a human being to enable me to, you know, to, to, to live a, a better life, which, of course, In Kabbalah, these two things go hand-in-hand, but it's primarily about the mission that we're on. And it becomes a completely different experience of Avodos Hashem. So Rebbe Nachman says, stay away from that kind of speculation, even if it's going to lead you to the truth. But the question is, what element of the truth are you going to approach, right? From what angle? So Rebbe Nachman says, better to stay away from it. A person should hold on to emunah, to faith, Alone. And when a person asks you, you know, what's your faith built on? That's the essence of our faith. It's just faith. It's just faith. Is it a faith that requires a leap of faith? Not at all. If we wanted, we can go ahead and we can bring proofs from history and proofs from intelligent design and proof from the giving of the Torah and so on and so forth. And all of us are familiar vaguely with these notions, but that's not the esot of my faith. That's when I'm pushed into a corner and I need to answer a person who's like, okay, so I can, I can speak with him. But at the end of the day, oh, so that's why you believe because of intelligent design? No. I believe because That should be the esot musad of our faith What the Balatanya calls the Ava Musuceres, this hidden love that's deeply, deeply, deeply built in and laced into our DNA. We are believing beings. Desist, and then naturally you'll know. So Rebbe Nachman says the main thing is faith. Just faith, faith. is In a very simple way, like a child believes. What does a child know? What does a child know about God? He can start to rattle off all these philosophical beautiful proofs and lay them out step after step? No. So how does he know there's a God? Because there's something very pure about that. There's something very wholesome about that. Because it's Pasha, because I believe that there's a being that cares about me, that brought me into existence. I believe that there's meaning to life. Can you prove it? No, there's something very tamimistic and simple and humble about this kind of faith. Or it's just animamin. And this kind of amuna, as opposed to the philosophical speculation, that again may bring a person to the same place, essentially, even though it might be tinged a little bit differently. But that kind of amuna disjoints us from the generations that walked before us. It's very, very deep. Because that kind of amuna is the union of Elokeinu. We came to that, uh, you know, that, to that decision. We came to this end where we believe in God because of A, B, C, D, and E. But the question is, what about V'lekei Aviseinu? Where is our link to the generations before us who suffered al-Kiddush Hashem so that they could bequeath this gift of the Torah and Mitzvahs into our hands? Where is the, where is the link between them? The, that, that link is only preserved in a Yiddishkeit of Emunah Peshutah. In a Yiddishkeit of Anachnu ma'aminim b'nei Ma'aminim. And philosophical speculation may be nice, but there's something egoistic about it. And there's something that's not historically accurate about it. Because that's never the way that Emunah was transmitted. Seder night, we don't give over Yiddishkeit to our children by handing out copies of Permission to Believe, you know? As beautiful and wonderful as that book is, again, not to... You know, but that's not, that's not how we're giving over Yiddishkeit. We give over Yiddishkeit. What's the proof? What's the raya? How do I know? Because my father told me. How did he know? Because his father told him. And back and back and back. And in that way, we're always walking with all of this chuyot of all of our babas and zeders whose tfilas we are the answers to. We have to, we have to understand that. We are the answers to their tfilas. We, from Torah Jews, as much as we try, as much as we slip and we fail and we try and we yearn and we're, and we're hanging on for dear life in 2021, we're the answers to their tfilas. And what binds us to them is this kind of emunah that's connected to the emunah of anachnu ma'aminim b'nei ma'aminim and that's the essence of our faith. Does that mean that one's faith cannot also be fortified or bolstered by all of these more technical kinds of approaches and proofs? Damashatash of la'apikaris. But that's not the essence of my faith. And for me, myself, we don't go into that. Maybe damashatash of la'apikaris just to answer someone else but I don't need that. I just don't need that. He says people are not even intelligent enough to to, to to even go into this philosophical speculation. So why are you speaking about it so much, Rabbi Nachman? This simple person, the illiterate person. Anyway, it's not it's, it's not an Indian. for him. It's not as if the Jewish nation is a bunch of philosophers. Rabbi Nachman says, listen to me. bottom line is. Is that, however much they know, however little they know, but it's still a little bit that their relationship with God is like the relationship that is a result of philosophical speculation. And even sometimes children and they become confused and conflicted, and the main thing is emuna, emuna, emuna. We're going to learn next time that emuna enables a person to reach a place that's beyond even chachma. Emunah, in and of itself, is a tool, is a portal that was built into existence. Ki is malchus, malchus is emunah. The Leslami G'aramik Chlum, malchus is the levana is the Indian of David Hamalach. Tfilah is by Yadav emunah is tfila, tefillah Malchus, Ad Nisifaz and so on and so forth. This whole thing is Bezois Yavi Aaron Ale Kodesh. That's what enables us to get into that place of Kodesh. We're going to learn Kehibah Kodesh We're going to learn Be'ez HaShem next week about that. And this is all we have. This is all we have. This is our dying breath. We should live till 120 long and happy, forever Be'ez HaShem. Umach HaShem Dima Bila We should live forever. But the foundation of our approach to Yiddishkeit is But in MS he says A person has to be very careful about this No use thinking about it That's not what my Yiddishkeit is based on It's pointless, it's redundant It's a waste of time It's a waste of time to become a philosopher at all. To believe in Hashem and in His holy tzadik, Without needing any proofs. Because Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah and he passed it on, and they passed it on throughout the generations, and we had tzaddikim, we had gedolei olam, we had pure, refined. Angels in human form. G'doy and awesome, and and this is the point that Rabbi Nassim is going to go on very deeply. And he says it's fitting to, the, to rely on them. They're ne'eman. They're fitting to rely on and to walk in their footsteps in a very simple childlike way and to fulfill the Torah and the mitzvahs again like our forefathers gave it to us and in that way we bind ourselves with the Jewish enterprise throughout throughout history So let's jump into this lengthy piece from Reb Nasan's Chusya Ganenu. It's a very beautiful, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful idea, and it'll be easy because there's one takeaway. It's like it's a lot of words, but it's one essential hasaga that we should really walk with and think about all the time. So Reb Nasan, rather over here, says the primary knowledge is really amuna. What we say every morning, those who put on tefillin You've betrothed me with faith, via da tes hashem. And I've come to know Hakarish Barakhu. Because the idea is founded on Emuna. How does that work? How does that work? What does that mean? That knowing knowledge, and really it's it's not just knowledge like philosophical knowledge, but constructive knowledge, the, the, the ability to do something with something you know is founded on faith. What does that mean? She'emunah What does that mean? That imuna is the primary knowing. Kamoyishan Urayim, he says, we see a mashallah the bagashmiya. on a very physical level, and it's so prevalent for our times. amuna daika, Because there are so many things that people think that they know. But when they say that they know it, the sode of that knowledge is still faith, is still amuna. Let's let Rav Nassim develop it and then I'll explain a little bit of, a, of another muscle that's also aligned with this. He says, Even the essence of clear knowledge is through faith. Because how does anybody know anything? There's always going to be a level, in most cases, of faith somewhere along the line. Now, it's not faith in something that's undemonstrable, but it's faith at least in the person, a belief in the person, trust in the person who's telling you this information. The He says there would, there would be no capacity for the world to function as it does without the element of faith, without the element of trust, without the element of ne'emanus. That each of us trust one another. That we approach a relationship with another human being with the premise that this is a trustworthy individual. He says, for example, and this is just one example, without this element of faith, there never would have been a business deal from the beginning of time until now and there would be no economy without the element of faith. There would be no economic Functioning or the functioning of the economic symbol without faith. A person wants to know is this in this you know particular merchandise, is this valuable in a very far away place? Now he hasn't been there. Is wheat valuable in Istanbul or or places that are even further away? So if a person wants to go ahead and to really not rely on trust or faith or any element of this, and he just wants to like, I'm only going to act based on knowledge, like firsthand knowledge. He says So very nice. You'll never do a business deal in your life because there are people who come back from Istanbul and they'll report to you something. You won't go to Istanbul. So how are you going to do business in Istanbul if you're not going to trust the reports of those who actually came back from that place? And then you'll tell the next guy, no, 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 I know that Istanbul, wheat is very, is very precious. Now how do you know? Oh, because you trusted somebody. So all of your knowledge and so much of what human beings know is just based on faith is based on this that we trust the next human being. Now we, again, can rationally explain why we should trust that person. The person has credentials, the person is engaged in actual empirical studies, so on and so forth, and therefore they're trustworthy. But there's the element of ne'emanus that underlies the knowledge that we have even if this person is the wisest person of all the you know, the wise people and he's going to go ahead and he's going to sit and he's going to ascertain and he's going to study all the charts and he's going to come up you know with this incredible savara for why wheat should cost this and this amount of in istanbul based on import export all the different details that are available to him this knowledge of that's available based on his knowledge of how the financial systems work see he says but he says this kind of knowledge that in accordance with or, or vis-a-vis the faith-based knowledge of trusting the report of somebody else. So these svaras are not really helpful at all. Ermenaston explains. kama pa'amim. Shahaya, ha svara. Just want to make sure I'm not skipping a line. svara noisenes. she al Sometimes this happens all the time. Anybody remember the 2016 election? Again, not to get political, where all the pollsters said one thing and then boom, bidyu Literally the opposite of what all the experts said. Sometimes this happens, right? Sometimes this happens. Oftentimes it happens. Again, this is one mushal, but it's like this for all kind of merchandise and it's like this for all markets. For the most part, all of this intellectualization and all of this attempts to understand things from our own chachma and our own seichel without reliance on the reports of other people that have a different range of experiences and a put down the charts if a person really wants to know so you put down the charts go out, find a person who was there and then find out like literally what the facts are on the ground instead of intellectualizing it to no end Find a person, a person who you trust, a person who loves you. And a person who you feel you can trust is not going to mislead you. When this person goes ahead and says, listen, I was there last week. This is what weed is going for. And he writes it down on a piece of paper. Then you can trust him. And so now you're able to go ahead and say, okay, I know now what the price of wheat is in Istanbul. How do you know you were there? No, someone told me. Ah, so you don't really know. You believe. You hear this? You believe that the price of wheat in Istanbul is so-and-so. You don't know because you didn't see with your own eyes. You believe it. But because any measure of knowledge often, often, is depending on someone else's either experience or somebody else's calculation of whatever kind, whether it's in science or medicine and so on. So you have come to know this. But so much of what we say we know is really built first on faith, is is first built on this emuna, on this Indian of trusting. Even begashmiahs. Right, so even though we can't intellectualize why wheat, it costs this and this much. Again, put the charts aside. This is what matters, not your hypothesis, right? What matters is what the price of wheat actually is. And this relies on faith. It's very, very deep what he says. Very, very deep. He's saying something very deep. Your knowledge relies on this trustworthy nature or the relationship between you and someone that you believe or someone that you trust. Even though it makes no sense in accordance with all of the polls and all the charts. And he says oftentimes sometimes all the charts point in the opposite direction. He's able to set aside the intellectualization of it and he's able to go ahead and present to people who ask him and inquire of him, do you know what's going on in Istanbul? Based on the charts, it says one thing and that was the intellectualization of it. But based on emuna, based on the ability to trust another human being who was there, so I know something else. Which knowledge is more valuable? The knowledge based on one's own hypothesis, or the knowledge that's founded on the trustworthy nature between human beings. That even though it's not intellectual at the beginning, it's first based on faith, but that ultimately leads to a much clearer understanding of what reality actually is. If a person trusts that his friend is not lying and has written the truth, this is true and this is knowledge. Nimsa, we find that the primary clear knowledge is through faith. All relationships work of this concept of fidelity in business in all kinds of relationships, familial relationships, all kinds of relationships. All kinds of business that are conducted in the world in all different kinds of markets and businesses. Any kind of connection between two human beings, the foundation of that relationship is faith. And that means that anything that develops within the context of that relationship might be beautiful and the transfer of information, but it's all founded on the foundation of emuna, The foundation and the premise that this person is trustworthy and I believe what they're saying. Ki adam chacham Again, you can have the wisest person in the world. If a person's going to say, I'm only going to buy and sell, you know, whatever, whatever it is, import, export, whatever decision business-wise, the person stands before, you know, or standing before the person to make that decision. And a person says, I'm not going to act until I fully understand why the reality, why the financial reality is the way that it is. He says, Very nice. You'll, again, you'll never make a business deal in your life. Certainly as it was then, but even today, and this is what I want to get into a little bit in a minute as we get to the end of the paragraph. Even today, it's all reliant on the faith that human beings have in one another. Today, it's not as if you gather five guys together and, okay, you trust one another and your partner's in a business and you have to believe, you know, and so on and so forth, which is also true today. But in general society, there's a social contract which necessitates the premise of faith that human beings are trustworthy one to the other. And then we can proceed and then we can have productive relationships and any knowledge that we transfer one to the other can be valued as knowledge but only founded upon the faith first and foremost that we share. <speaking in Hebrew> says Rebunassan, as we can see clearly with our own senses as exists in this world. Rack, however, Shekalech is nem. On every person needs to seek one trustworthy person, that is worthy to depend on. Even if you find such a person, if you are not going to consciously give this person your trust, you'll never be able to conduct that business deal. Certainly, business deals that require skill sets or or or, or pieces of information that are just very distant from one, in terms of one's own circumstances. And where do we have this capacity to believe other human beings, says Reb Where does that come from? It comes from the human being's ability to believe. Why were we given that ability? Why are we given any abilities? To utilize in the context of our relationship with the Master of Heaven and Earth. And so now that we're able to utilize this capacity for faith in interpersonal relationships and we can understand rationally how sometimes faith-based knowledge is more useful than our own intellectualization, so now we can go ahead and bring it back to the source. Why did I have this capacity to believe in the first place? Because I'm supposed to go ahead and believe in the Echad Yachad and and in a much larger scale than the financial aspect of one's life, why do we work? To serve the purposes of the premise of our existence. We came into this world, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and to try our best to align ourselves with His will, as expressed in the Torah. So now I'm able to go ahead and bring it back to the Shorish. This capacity to believe another individual, that we need to forge trustworthy relationships with other ovde Hashem, with those that came before us, that their holy Yiddishkeit was based on those that came before them, and those them, that came before them, and back and back and back and back and back, all the way back. And to believe in Sadiqim, La'am Ba, Ba'ashem izbarach uvit To afford them this level of ne'amonos. That when they tell us something, they're trustworthy. And when they tell us of spiritual experiences. And when they tell us of a deep hasaga of truth. And when the Nevi'im spoke in the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The capacity of faith that we have is for the purpose, ultimately, even though we use it all over life, as we're going to talk about in a minute. But the ultimate reason that we have this capacity is to go ahead and to utilize this strength and this ability in the context of our relationship or our relationships within the spiritual arena of our lives. Whether that's the relationship ultimately between soul and source, between the Jew and HaKadosh Baruch Hu or the relationship between Ovde HaShem, between Am Yisrael and the Tzadik and the Gedolin, our forefathers, those that came before us. Because the master of the world implanted this capacity for faith within the human being, so that we could ultimately come to believe in the truth, in the ultimate truth with a capital T. And once we have this capacity to believe in the ultimate belief, in the ultimate faith, in das emes, so we also have that capacity to believe and trust other people. And that's what keeps the world going. And so if that's what keeps the world going in a pragmatic sense of externality. That that's what enables the, f- the financial structures to function. And that's what enables us to make parnasa. And even if we can't perceive that in our own lives, follow the chain far enough back in whatever industry we are, there's a level of Namana somewhere along the way. If it's not us trusting our coworkers or our boss in whatever financial setup, and I bless us all that we should have Parnasa Follow the link back far back f- you know, far back enough in product or in market and so on and so forth, you're gonna find that there's there's two links that are bound together by faith alone, by good will alone, by trust alone. And if this is true, that the Qiyam of the Olam gashmi is reliant on Das, that itself is reliant on faith, Alachas Kama Vakama Vakama, the Olam Haruchni of the human being. This essential functionality that's so crucial to our holistic health emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, certainly, how much more so does all das and all intellect and all knowledge that we can attain in that area need to rely on this capacity of faith for whose purpose we were given this ability to believe? To believe that there's a Kaddish who created the world and gave us the Torah and is in a relationship with us. And he says this is why Chazal say that a person who says one thing and means another and a person who lies and a person who is not trustworthy it's as if he served idol worship what does one thing have to do with the next? One is talking about Ben al L'Chavere. One is talking about Ben al L'makam. How do we go from Ben al L'makam? If a person cheats his friend, which is Ben Al L'makam, so it turns out that he must also have a problem with God. It's so a totally different segment of life. Says this is the depth of that of that understanding. If a person is not a trustworthy person, if a person is not overflowing with goodwill and with faith, so that means to say that there must be a problem at the source. What's the source of that faith? The person's capacity to believe in God. So it turns out that this b'in Adam is dependent on b'in Adam because all of our capacities to have functional relationships with other human beings, productive relationships with other human beings, it's all founded on our capacity, with a capital C, to have a functional, productive relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So one impacts the other. Because ultimately, the Naamanos that's necessary in human relationships draws on a munah HaKadosh. The reason this is so prevalent today is because so often you hear people speaking about, you know, we live in a post-truth society, right? Everyone can just believe whatever they want. Post-modernistic, post-truth society. Everything's right, nothing's right, everything's wrong. Depends who you listen to. And if you think about it for a second, news, which today we have more access to than ever, 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 ever before in history. Literally, moment by moment, anywhere in the world, we have it on our fingertips, and a person could proclaim, To be knowledgeable in the news, today more than ever it should be clear to you and me that whatever knowledge that person thinks they have is completely reliant on their faith in the network or in the channel that they're receiving that information from. Think about that for a second. Today more than ever this concept is relevant because you can have two human beings that watch the same amount or read the same amount of news but they receive it from two different news sources and it's completely different news. Completely different. First of all, for the most part, it's different topics, different stories. Today, they don't even report on the same things anymore. But even when they're reporting on the same things, this one got their facts from this person. This one skews the facts this way. This one processes the facts through this bias, through this agenda. This one asks this kind of doctor or that kind of doctor. I know very little about many of the people that I have relationships with. We never really get into deep, meaningful conversations. One thing I know by most people, what their stance is on vaccines. That I know right away, right away. They don't post anything else on their statuses. This is one thing they post on WhatsApp status, day in, day out. And I Mamash, have two Jews that Mamash, they would be able to sit together and share a beautiful Shabbos meal together. But they're like arch enemies in this area. One is like totally, totally pro. And it's not just one or two, i I'm talking like tens. And I'm sure you all have the same experience. This one knows that it's the worst thing ever and it's a, it's a total, total like, you know, th- like a conspiracy and all the governments of the world are into it and it's, and it's population control and, it, and it's so on and so forth and it's benefiting the vaccine companies and all the svar. And this one mamish knows with Yidiya Brura, that this is a Matana from Shemayim and there's, it's perfectly safe and it's not gonna harm anybody, never harmed anybody and so on and so forth. It's called identity politics, right? Political bias. How much do they really know, either of these people, how much do they know? Whatever they know is based on faith and it goes for both sides and today, it goes for most things that we're so confident in, that we're so clear about our knowledge, but how much do you know, really? No, because I heard it from CNN, because I heard it from Fox News. So you don't really know it. It means, anima in the Fox News. An imamin CNN. So today, this idea is so clear that you can literally see it that this militant aspect of fighting for information is all based on who you trust. It's all based on faith. Because the Kodesh Baruch was bringing the world back into this element where we're not even sure what we know anymore. If we lived in a society where there are certain things that we can absolutely know, barur, which is clear, and then we have to believe in God, it's one thing. But today, nobody knows anything anymore. Today, it's all about who you ask. It's all about who you trust. It's all about who you listen to because you believe that source more than you believe that source. So, why shouldn't we believe in the tzaddikim? And be just as militant in our das, that there's a bayri olam and that you and I are in a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that the Torah is emislamita. Oh, hold on one second. That's a leap of faith. Everything's a leap of faith. You don't know anything. We don't know anything today. Everything's a leap of faith in the society that we live in. And it's not because it's post-truth. It's because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is getting the world ready to put more stock in faith. So that when we come to redefine knowledge and we understand it, take a step back, it's a scary thought for a second. You take a step back and ask yourself, like, how much do I really know? Like, how much of my knowledge, let's say of the news or of different political uh, approaches and positions and so on and so forth and theories and so, how much of it do I really know? Like, how do I know? Where's the facts of it? No, because I'll quote you this doctor and that doctor and that doctor. Guess what? The other side also has doctors. They also have doctors. So what does it come? It's a matter of, you know, putting how many doctors on this and how many doctors on that. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. And today we have enough connectivity, globalization. We have enough connectivity through social media and information channels that today you can find sources to believe anything. Anything. What does that tell you? That tells you that idea is an illusion. To really know something is an illusion. To find something that's a consensus among every single human being, very few things. There are very few things. Facts, science, very, very few, even within science today, medicine, it's a joke. Very, very few things. And that helps us realize just how much we need Muna, just how much society functions based, or doesn't function, or functions based on Muna. And so, if I can have a moon on all of these chavrayah, whether it's CNN or Fox News, again, or whatever channel, MSNBC, whatever we're receiving, Matzav.com, Yeshiva World, whatever it is, whoever we're receiving our information from, so that maybe we should also have a little bit of faith in the tzaddikim leyonim, who are also transmitting to us ideas that are far more important than any of this conversation, far more important that have to do with our olam hanitschi If only people cared. Uh, A percentage about our spiritual health as we purport to claim to care about our physical health when it comes to things like this. Why don't I see people's statuses filled with like, we got to do this on Yisrael, we have a mission, we have to bring Mashiach. No, instead vaccines this, vaccines that. Nobody's convincing anybody else. Nobody's even seeing the other people's statuses. Baruch Hashem, I know enough people that I see the whole range. Everyone's in an echo chamber. Everybody's just, you're not going to convince anybody, so ma, so Azov, leave. So believe what you want to believe, trust the people you want to trust, and leave it, that's it. But the main focus is on is on Amunah. The main focus is on what really matters. And that also requires faith. That also requires namanas. Like every idea requires nammanas. That's Rabinasan's brilliance. We continue the main thing is that the whole world functions based on faith. It's a little bit unsettling, but it's true because we like to be secure in what we know and what we understand. And the truth is, we know very little, and most of what we know is based on faith. The whole world is reliant on faith. And of course, the whole Torah is founded on faith. That at the end of the end of the end of the day, we're going to need to rely on that union of trusting those who came before us and trusting the tzaddikim. (inaudible) Hugamash summed up the whole Yiddish He said it relies on one foundation, which can mean two things. It can mean Tzadik Be'a Munasa of the Pasuk, that the main thing is faith, as the Pasuk says that the Tzadik lives through his faith, but it could also mean it's the same thing. It's just a different que- question of what we mean when we say faith. Do we mean faith in God? Or maybe do we mean faith in the Tzadik? That there's one pillar of the world and it's called the tzaddikim. When you believe in tzaddikim, they'll enable us to live and give us access to a idea that's beyond anything that we could have come to in our own because it's experiential for them. Ah, we have an ish who is called bechalbasi nemanhu That if there was ever an authority to trust and rely on, a'nu de and he's going to teach us how to do schaira in this world. This whole world is one big Indian of mekachu Memkar. This whole world is an Indian of buying and selling and making decisions and trade-offs, not financially but emotionally, spiritually. This whole world is one big, is one big fair, and the question is, what are you buying? And the question is, what are you selling? And just like Mekkahu Memchar, Big requires an Ishnemon. So, this Mekkahu Memchar, on the ultimate level, it requires Emuna. It requires the of what to buy and what to sell. Who are you going to trust? Who are we going to listen to? There's an Ishnemon Adlima In this world, Harachik Moed Ma'ilam Hasal yonim. that's very distant from the Istanbul of Oilam Hababla Asad Right, but, and he says, I'm sorry, I skipped a line. And this Ish Neman is who is called who has gifted the Jewish nation with an eternal success, not to become confused, not to become distracted with regard to what this world is, to open our eyes to what this world can possibly be, to be connected to the chai hachaim, to a true life, forget about the world to come, just in terms of what it gives us in this world, how much meaning, how much fulfillment, how much clarity, lucidity, morality, goodness, ethical health, Societal functioning that's beautiful, that's yafeh, that's settled, that's miyushah, that's balanced, that's healthy. Moshe Rabbeinu gifted this to us to know what's worth buying in this world in this world that's so distant from those different worlds above why did we come to this world to grab a little bit of merchandise that's what we came here for 70, 80, 90, 120 years we came to grab a little merchandise what merchandise are you going to grab? Because when you come back to that place and go back home, if you grab the right merchandise, in a we're going to be able to access so much profit, which is not why we do it, but on a basic level, we believe that. An awesome, awesome, probably so that I didn't see it but we don 't know what's worthy to grab we don't know what's worth it in this world from that country that we come from we don 't know what 's useful we don't know what's really precious in this place love of Sham. We don't know what was precious in the place that we came from, to which we're going to return, bringing all the merchandise from this world and to make a profit, but we don't know what's valuable there. We don't know what's valuable there. Who's Namon, who Kamalalaenu, who Hitzli Khanu, and Moshrabeinu had Rahmanasan us, and he gave us success, who heyre nainu, he enlightened our eyes, masalanupiakarish baru. And he transmitted in a very faithful way the Torah that he received from Akarish Baru. Another worldly super logical knowledge and he told us about this merchandise that we're in this world to grab all these awesome and lofty and holy and incredible mitzvahs says some well, of this will finish so why should we waste our time spending it on philosophical speculation which anyway is not going to bring us to that ultimate knowledge of knowing what's really important in. Because the whole Torah in the whole mitzvah is, How is it going to help if we take stock in our own intellectualization of what might be precious in that place, vis-a-vis someone who came from that place and can tell us, Listen, Chavra, trust me on this one. Trust me on this one. I want you to have an idea about what's going on there. And I saw it. And Moshe Rabbeinu an ish neman. And it came down from heaven to earth with a claim that no human being ever claimed. That I received the textbook. I received the guidebook for living life in this world and ultimately coming to personal and communal and national fulfillment. Trust me on this. It's a waste of time. It's not worth it which going to be what's more valuable to spend my time in, in this life on it's folly that you're going to start to philosophize whether Moshe Rabbeinu was valuable to trust or not Why is it that I benefit from this merchandise? What does Tfillin really do for me? Trust me. He brought it down from heaven. He brought it down from that place. He saw what's valuable there. Is there anything more foolish than this? That they write down for him what's valuable in this place. Go quickly, grab up all the merchandise before other people get it. Very quickly, it's going to be worth it for you one day. And every idea anyway relies on trust. Mesatzel, and he's lazy and he says, nah, I'm not really sure if we can trust you on this. I didn't really come to understand exactly like what is tzitzis, what is tefillin. Anyway, it's emunah. And he wants... And then, before he knows it, because he spends so much time trying to figure it out and trying to come to it on his own understanding... So he, he's lazy and he wastes all of his time and then he comes back home and he's like, you know something, hmm, maybe I should have really listened to these people, but instead I was so set on attaining a perfect yidiyah that doesn't require any amuna, which is so rare that I wasted all my time. Reik mikol and he comes back empty. Mikol l'sham, dvar l'sham, and then, worse, you come with, you know, contraband to that place, which is illegal. What are you gonna do? They're gonna take you at the border, and they're gonna throw you in jail. l'sham, ba'anashim kashim, umarim It's a little bit sharp, and with this, we'll come to the, to, to the end. It's a little bit sharp, this piece. But we come into Rosh Hashanah, we can handle a little bit of this. Everything relies on faith. And so it really requires us not to sit and to say, "Do I understand this?" But are there anashim, anashim? Are there holy men and women that are Ne'emanim, that are trustworthy? Are there people who lived life filled with fulfillment and meaning, shining from one end of the world to the other, who purify themselves, rectify themselves, ba chabakuk vehemitan al achas sadik. This is the essence of our faith. When we believe in and when we can trust him, then you come to the ultimate idea because we're trusting in people who were there, who come back to us, like the Masil S. Sharm's Mashal in the first parak, standing at the top of the gazebo, looking down over the maze, and they're like, if you take this turn and this turn, you'll get there. What kind of fool is going to say, no, 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 thank you, I'll do it on my own. So we've come to establish that the whole and mitzvah is reliant on this union of faith that binds us to all the generations that came before us. It enables us to forge and to fortify a relationship, a, a connection with our babas and our zaydes. Are there certain things that we can come to understand in a philosophical way, a religious philosophy? Maybe there is, but that's not the essence of our faith. The essence of our faith is this Nikuda, is this union Aber nach nur mal am Minim, it's elikeinu, but it's velikea And in that way, we can overcome so much of the confusion to realize that anyway, most of our ideas are based on faith. And so shouldn't this one be? Especially because we have anashim ne'emanim, adlim o'id, more trustworthy than any other trustworthy people that we will come to trust and necessarily need to trust in any other area of our lives. We have anashim ne'emanim, we have tzaddikim, we have gedolim, we have Kedoshim, we have tahirim. And they're telling us listen Tyra it's it's just not worth it I want the best for you. I want you to overcome all the obstacles and the barriers, to return to your place where you came from with the merchandise that's going to get you eternal, eternal closeness to God. It's a lo to waste time. Jump into it, Rabbi Nachman said, the Iker, we learned, the Iker is the grab a few kapital achtehillim, a few chumashim, a few psukum in chumash, a chumash rashi, a shnai mikra, a mitzvah, a chesed, grab it up, grab and eat, grab and eat. But I don't really understand it. You don't really understand it. Anything. Most of what we think we understand is reliant on faith anyway. Find people that are reliant to trust and trust them. That's Rabbi Nachman's mission statement, and that's the first introductory piece to Sikha Nun Beis, bless us all. We're not going to have Shir until after. I have to see until after. Maybe we'll do a Shir before uh, because before we have to see exactly what the schedule is going to look like. But to leave off with this before Shashana, to come into Shashana with this ability to say Rabbi Shlelem and this is what I'm working on this year, Emuna, to go with emuna and to be confident in this emuna, because yesh al we have upon whom to rely, and blessing all of us with a ksiva v'chassima toiva, a good keben shiar, not to be written into the life just of a good life, you know, to, to live physically, which of course we should, we should have a healthy year, and a, and a, and a year filled with, with, with just perfect health and, and strength and vitality, but beyond that to be written into the book of true life, the life of Amitim, to overcome all the obstacles and the barriers by holding tight to faith and to the tzaddikim. Ashreinu beEzra Hashem, A good Thank you all for listening. I apologize for going over time, but I think this was an important topic and a very fascinating idea to explore together. So thank you for sticking with me. Okay, have a Thank you so much as always. And beEzra Hashem, will update you with regard to what the schedule is going to look like in the days to come, okay? Thank you so much for joining. All the best.